2: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know, nonstop Vikings talk.
3: It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. All right, welcome in to Vikings Ventline here, part of Purple Daily, which is a seven-day-a-week Vikings podcast. Mackie and Judd and Declan Goff producing and uh, and working magic behind the scenes. And we're going to discuss a Vikings blowout victory with your help, Vikings fans. We are the most interactive show in Minnesota sports. We bring you into the video with us. If you want to join us at any point, send an email to VikingsVentline at gmail.com. We'll get you in Judd's at the stadium. Declan and I are hanging out, and I know Declan is probably sipping on some Corona Hard Seltzer because Vikings Vent Line is powered by our friends at Corona Hard Seltzer. Spiked sparkling water with natural flavors imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Declan, what flavor are we well, rocking After
4: today? every Vikings win, Phil, as I've been telling you, blackberry lime, the purple blackberry lime, that's what you go with after a Vikings win. So I'm rocking the blackberry lime. It's delicious, but you can't go wrong with cherry, mango, or traditional
3: lime either. Awesome. So thanks to Kronahard Seltzer. Let's get the show underway. And by the way, just a real quick one more public service announcement. Uh, you can find seven day a week Vikings conversations on YouTube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast and also Apple, Spotify, and Scorpio.com for uh for Purple Daily. So uh, Judd, I think we have to before we get to some of our guest Viking fan friends, I think we have to confront the real notion that the Vikings now have a legitimate path to at least make it interesting for that seventh playoff spot in the NFC. Mm-hmm. They're now three and five. The Bears offense looks anemic again today. And then they have three straight home games after the Chicago game next week against either bad or beatable teams. Mm-hmm. And an additional two games against the Lions and the Bears. So mm-hmm. um, we're sort of tracking for that like seven, eight, nine win range if they keep playing like this. What are your thoughts?
5: My thoughts are are this, Phil, um, and and I I just got done doing a column for scorenorth.com about this very subject. Uh, I think that this will all hinge now. The answer to your question, and whether it's true or not, it hinges on one game to me, a week from Monday night in Chicago, Soldier Field, because if you go in there and win that game, and and I I believe that Zim, I I think his teams, since he took over in 2014, are 2-4 and in Chicago. Kirk Cousins, I'll repeat it again because it's going to be a storyline, all week, gentlemen, is 0-9 on Monday night football. He has never won a game on a Monday night.
3: This is best shot, man. This is so, best so, shot.
5: So I will, take, I will take what you said seriously if you go into Chicago and you beat the Bears. And here's why today leaves me wanting for much more. The Packers' defense looked bad, but you went in uh, to Green Bay against a, a Packers team that had been successful. Their defense struggled, but you, you were shorthanded. You lost guys in that game. You were still playing against a very good quarterback, and you won th- that game. So it was difficult for me to take away a ton of points and say, "Well, that's that's a non-win." That actually was it was a nice win. Um, today, the Lions did their best to so that when they wake up tomorrow, they find out that there's been a press conference called in Detroit, and Matt Patricia is being fired. So I can't I can't give you points for today because I just don't know. I mean, that defense was pathetic. Stafford threw a couple of passes in the third quarter to um, Wilson and Kendricks, which were terrible. So really to me, the answer to your question very much is going to hinge on what we see a week from tomorrow night in Chicago. If the Vikings win that game at that point in time, they're in pretty good
3: shape. Yeah. You brought up Matt Patricia. I mean, it is worth here before we get to uh, Carter is going to be first out of the gate here on Vikings vent line, but it is worth just giving uh, a, a moment of reflection for how atrocious the Detroit Lions are at football. I can't believe they have three wins on the season. And Matt Patricia, Matt Patricia has never beaten the Vikings. He's never beaten the Bears. And I believe I saw his division <laughs> record is like two and 13 because he somehow beat the Packers twice. In his first season as Lions head coach, yeah, was that was that when Aaron Rodgers was out with the injury or something? It might have been. Had been right?
5: but this was awful. I mean, defensively, th- these guys actively weren't trying. Yeah, they were not trying.
3: Boy, and you know they, you know, I will say they did try to get Adrian Peterson to, uh, you know, a certain amount of yardage in front of his old teammates, but boy, he just looks like a shell of himself. And then he's uh, so you've got this old broken down, you know, 2007 Ferrari up against a 2020 Ferrari in Dalvin yeah. Cook who is just week after week showing why he is, when healthy, the best running back in the NFL, all purpose. Eight
5: carries for AP for 29 yards. That's a whole heck of a lot of famine, 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 and more <laughs> famine. And there were no yeah. feasts for him today at all. It's it's sad. It is sad to watch. I hey, hate real,
3: it. real quick, one, one nugget here for you guys, uh, a Dalvin Cook nugget. According to our friends at StatHead, This is only the sixth time in Vikings history a player has gone for 225 scrimmage yards and two touchdowns or more in a game. Dalvin Cook is two of the six, and these and those are the last two weeks. He's done it in the last two weeks. Adrian Peterson did it twice in 2007, one of which was the record-setting rushing game against the Chargers. Uh, Chuck Foreman did it once in 1976, and Bill Brown did it once in 1964. So what you guys have seen from Dalvin Cook in terms of Yards from scrimmage and touchdown productivity—he—he—he uh, he, he is on a very short list of historic performances in Vikings history.
5: Quickly, how did you feel about him being put back in, in a uh, one-sided Vikings win to get him over two hundred
3: yards? Um, yeah, that's probably why they did it because they the, the, then they took him right out and Alex Madison racked yeah. up like fifty quick yards. Sure, I don't know. I mean, I—he's a football player. He's healthy. I mean you probably have more of an issue with it than than i do
5: it made me i paused for i paused for a second let's just say that <laughs> let's fair. just say that but but um i am i am sure of this i'm sure that dalvin wanted to go back in and i'm sure that zim took great pride in getting his back over 200 yards with Adrian Peterson watching from the opposing sideline.
3: Yeah. So let's do this. Judd Zilgat is at US Bank Stadium. He is our eyes and ears and you can you can read his stuff at scorenorth.com. Declan and I are in the comfort of our own homes here and I think the biggest themes center around the Vikings now winning uh, back-to-back games. They've gotten this thing back to 3 and 5. They have a very favorable schedule on the horizon. So where are you at with this team now that you've seen how well they played the last couple of weeks? Are you back all in? We've, we've gone from tank for Trevor a couple of weeks ago to now sort of paving this path to the playoffs. And Dex, let's uh, let's bring whoever you want into the yard here. Let's and- uh,
6: Yeah,
4: let's start with Carter. Carter, you are uh, on Vikings event line, my man.
6: I don't know what team I'm watching anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like. It's like football whiplash. We get just an absolute crappy team at the first, what, five, six games, and then now it's a completely separate team.
3: Oh. It, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing.
6: Hey, hey, Judd. Yes, sir. Kirk Cousins threw the ball and not to the other team.
5: <laughs> Look at the attempts.
6: I mean, still, he had 200 yards with – Sure.
5: No, no. I know. I know, but um, what I'm but but what I'm saying is if you if you put the the governor on him, I think
6: you're okay. I'm not a Kirk Cousins fan at all. I'm just
5: I I think it's
6: fine if he's used correctly. Um I'm really glad that Erh Smith got some more targets and a couple yep. touchdowns that it wasn't through it off that he was throwing to in the end zone.
3: Yeah, Irv's or Irv, this this if Dalvin Cook hadn't busted out for his best game of the season and won up last week's performance, I think this might have been the Irv Smith game that we're talking about. Uh, just finding Peter.
6: at the after a second touchdown, he was working a hamstring. It was an in on game.
3: Mm-hmm.
6: uh but the defense played really well compared to what they have been. I know it's the lines, but you gotta give credit where credit's due.
3: Yeah, Carter, thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate you joining uh, Vikings Ventline. If anybody else wants to join us, it's just uh, it's Vikings gmail.com. And he brings up the defense. Mm-hmm. And Judd, the defense. It's I think we need a little bit more of a sample size here because last week it was, you know, 40-mile-an-hour wind gusts and both teams were limited in what they could do. And this week they were playing the Lions. So, um uh, but still, I mean, uh, they've been getting pressure. They've been creating turnovers here to see Matt Stafford look that flustered. Matt Stafford's a good, not great quarterback, but they flustered him a couple of times, and that they're doing break. and they're doing it with a bunch of inexperienced dudes. Yeah,
5: that that uh, the ball that Kendricks picked off was an absolutely atrocious throw. I have no idea w- what Stafford was going through at, at that point. But this is why, guys. This is why I think the Bears game is ideal. Here's why: your defense is is not great. I get that, but the Bears' offense stinks, right? But the matchup is your offense against the Bears' defense, which is damn good. Beat them. That's my point. Like, if you beat them, because it's not like this league is full of all of these great teams, and it's daunting. It's like, oh, my God, now now you've got the uh, Jaguars coming up, right? But Chicago, to me, on the road in prime time, is the ideal barometer matchup, because your defense should be able to contain their offense, because. That basically stinks. But that being said, their defense is really good. And so Cousins and Cook and your line, go beat them.
3: Yeah. And by the way, when it comes to the Bears offense, I know a lot of people probably didn't watch the Bears-Titans game today, and I was just sort of ducking in and out and looking at the box scores. Do not be fooled by Nick Foles' box score. So <laughs> so the end product for Nick Foles is 36 of 52 for 335 and two touchdowns. Yeah. Okay. All of that productivity, it, this all seventeen points the bears scored today came in the fourth quarter. They were scoreless into the fourth quarter today, and the Titans were up by double digits and mostly just i I didn't see it obviously, but mostly just um, allowing the bears to move the ball and and chunk some yards underneath so um, um
5: you're you're saying it's uh, Kirk week one against the Packers is what you're trying to tell me,
3: yeah, I me mean, score the- the- oh, looks real good. But like the bear I mean the Bears, I can't imagine being a Bears fan. I mean, the Bears have been living the same offensive story for fifty years almost, with the exception of the Walter Payton era where they just handed off to one of the greats of all time. So um all right, let's get to you again. It's Vikingsventline at gmail.com. If you want to join the video with us, we'll give everyone about sixty seconds. Just don't swear, don't get us in trouble, don't get us fired, anything like that. Uh, Dex Dex, who's next? Uh we got uh Isaac. Isaac is next on Vikings Ventline. What's up, Isaac?
7: Hey guys. Hey, uh, first, I just wanted to say Delvin Cook is so extremely good. He's really a special guy. I think when he's healthy, he can definitely arguably be one of the best running backs in the entire NFL. You know, that dude, he can just make any cut at any second. He just looks so, like, flawless in his whole game. It's just incredible.
3: He floats. Like 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 the way the way that he the way that he jukes back and forth and stops and starts and avoids tackles, and he'll all of a sudden just have a twelve yard gain. And I think the biggest difference between watching Dalvin because you saw the Adrian Peterson uh, it was like it was like you know, having some of the ghosts of Viking's past in the stadium <laughs> today. and I'm thinking back watching Dalvin Cook in his prime and then thinking back to Adrian Peterson in his prime, and Peterson was much more of a herky, jerky ride. And he would run his way into you know negative four, negative five yards, but then he'd always have the big breakout run that would make it all worth it. And Dalvin Cook is Dalvin Cook will give you the breakout run, but I don't think he's the one that dances his way into minus four, minus five like Adrian did. He's just steadily going to give you five, six, ten yard gains and then break the big one too.
7: Exactly. Yeah, there was a uh, I think it was in the third quarter or something. But it was a little screen pass, like dump off pass to Dalvin. And it should have been – there was two guys right there. It should have, like, definitely been, like, a three, four, five-yard loss. And he just makes one cut, and all of a sudden, he's already 15 and 20 yards down the field. It's just incredible watching him. He really is just, yeah, a super
3: special guy. Yeah. Rocking that Kirk jersey today.
7: Yeah, I am. It uh, I thought I was probably going to wear my Thielen jersey for the rest of the uh, season because uh, Kirk was not looking that great. But I still have it, so, yeah. That's how that
5: would work. Eighteen, man. That that's yeah. the next one. Get the eighteen. I the think eight, the eighteen is going to be real popular in about a year from now.
3: Yeah, the eighteen know, yeah. jersey is is the hot one. Isaac, dude, thanks for coming on. We appreciate you uh, spreading some Dalvin Cook love. And I just want—I do want to say one thing because Isaac—Isaac was wearing the Kirk Cousins jersey, mm-hmm. and uh, and the and the first Vikings fan. Uh, mentioned Kirk, kind of threw it in your face, Judd. Hey, Kirk Cousins, pretty good today. <laughs> All right, listen, this this might piss some people off, but I'm, I have to say it. It's just yeah. been weighing on my mind the entire afternoon, okay? Playing well against the Lions at noon on a Sunday when your team is 2-5 and five going into the game, in large part because of your poor play in the first half of the season, mm-hmm. does not deserve loads of praise today, boys. It just doesn't. And so... Um, listen, Kirk had a good game. Kirk was fine last week. Kirk had training wheels on these last couple of weeks, and Delvin Cook was doing the heavy lifting, and Kirk was playing off the play action and the threat of the run, and those are all things that he is supposed to do. He has paid a large percentage of this team's salary cap to be a professional quarterback and do exactly what he did last week and this week, and I refuse to sit up here and laud him with praise and go over the top because he beat – A bad team in a non-pressure situation. All right, so just I just want to get that off my uh, head and conscience, and throw it at you guys.
5: From a game calling standpoint, these last two games have been perfect. You don't you don't allow him to dictate the game. Mm -hmm. You basically take him and say you are. I've I've got the remote control. Hoobs has that. Okay. And if you use that and he goes, rrr, 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 then he's fine. That works out. Now, now we, we can talk about the entire thing of the pay and all of that. But what I'm telling you is for this team to have its most success. And the problem here is the question then becomes, can you be as successful against really good teams? You need to use the remote control there. But this game, that's, but that's my point about the Bears game. I don't think you can judge a thing off of today. I mean, it's a second consecutive win. It's in the division. Those are all good things. But, like, if you're gonna hold my feet to the fire right now and be like, okay, playoff team or not, how can I tell you? I saw them play an AAF team today. I I want my money back. I didn't pay to come to this game. <laughs>
3: but you know what? But here's I the want thing. My money back. But here's where they deserve credit. They played an AAF team. They played an XFL team, whatever you know, subdivision Don't league you want out the
5: there. XFL. Don't insult the XFL.
3: And Judd, they did exactly what they should have done. I agree. They were it. until the very end of the game. They were averaging nine yards per carry on yes. thirty plus carries. The offensive line with Ezra Cleveland now at right guard. Now that they've now that they've at least found who their best offensive linemen are, and they're not all in the perfect position because Ezra Cleveland long term is not a right guard. Sure, uh, I just don't. I don't think you. I don't think you pivot off of the left tackle idea just because he's looked good at right guard the last couple of games. I think it's a good stop gap for him, but long-term he's a left tackle, but they have found their best offensive lineman. Those guys are road grading the last two weeks. Uh, still, something to be desired in the pass protection game, but it hasn't mattered the last couple of weeks. Correct. And so, like when you play a crappy team like this, don't make it a game. And the Vikings in the Kirk Cousins era have made this a game. Sometimes they've made it a game against the Lions, like, you know, the the Bills game that we talked about a couple years ago. And so to, to just come in here and wipe the floor with these guys. Uh, now that the tank for Trevor ship has sailed, and as you see on the screen here from Ken, now it's just time to. I guess sit back and see how many games they can win. I mean, that's kind of where we're at with this thing right now. It's
5: 2005. It is. I swear to God, it's the same Dude, year it is. over all over again. It's the same thing. Would and you rather have
3: 2005 Brad Johnson or 2020 Kirk cousins? Uh, Brad cheaper. I mean, like ju- like I've just in terms of that. navigating the rest of the season, I think Kirk's probably better, but Kirk's better. Yeah.
5: Kirk's, Kirk's better. better. Kirk's better. Brad's way smarter. Yeah. Uh, Brad, er- Brad, Brad was much smarter.
3: Eric calling us idiots here, and we won't even disagree with that, Eric. You can you can elaborate if you want. Let's bring somebody else into the video here, Dex. We'll do. Let's go with uh, our guy, Coach Ben. We'll start with him. Ben, what's ben.
4: going
2: on? What's up, Ben? What's up? Hey, what's up? Um, so Two things you missed in the offensive line. Um, we barely noticed them out there, which I think is a pretty good thing if you're not noticing your offensive line. Um, that's, that's back-to-back two great games I thought they played, which is a very good sign. Um, if they can... Somewhat replicate that against Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack in Chicago. Yes. I think the Vikings can walk out with a win. There's no question about that. Ezra Cleveland at right guard. I mean, again, it's a small sample size, two games. He's not getting just body slammed out there every single play like Drew Samia was. Uh, so that's a good. That's a good. That's a good start for him. And another thing, and I've said this before, we rail on Mike Zimmer all the time, but. At least he's out there giving his defense a fighting chance to compete. Matt Patricia is not giving his defense any chance to compete. You was saw that on the first drive of the game. Kyle Rudolph, Justin Jefferson, guys running wide open. Dalvin Cook just swimming through holes. Like he's not even giving his defense a chance to compete. And if you're a Vikings fan, you gotta hope and pray that Mike that um Matt Patricia sticks around in Detroit because that's <laughs> too Guaranteed wins every single year if you're a Vikings fan. That's that's what I feel about that.
5: <laughs> you're exactly right. It, the thing with Mike is, um, I, I think players get frustrated with Mike at times, uh, but you rarely see them. And and it, it happens occasionally in, in games, but you rarely see them quit. Uh, this Detroit team came in here today having quit. Like it's remarkable. They they are actively trying to get Patricia fire tomorrow and and to phil's point if a team is going to come in and do that ben then guess what thank you take it <laughs> take it and have a huge game which is what uh cook and the vikings did today
2: yeah they have a couple easy I like guess they have a couple games they could win coming up i mean it's not unrealistic they could be they can get to five and five and at five and five with an nfc that's pretty top. Eight. I think Seattle just lost today. So they did no guarantees yeah. there. It's, a lot can happen, but you know, you never know. You never know.
3: Ben, we appreciate your insight. We'll talk to you again uh, next week. Probably take it easy, dude. See you,
2: Ben. You too. All
3: right. Ben hopping on the most interactive show in Minnesota sports, Vikings vent line, part of the purple daily umbrella during the season, seven days a week of Vikings discussions, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff. You can follow all of us too on Twitter where we are uh, usually tweeting up a storm during these games at Phil Mackey at Jay Zolgad and at Dex's tweets. And uh, everyone's going to get about 60 seconds, you know, give or take and uh, just keep it clean. Don't get us fired. Don't get us in trouble. I think this is probably the most mellow Vikings vent line we've had all season, just because it's like 70 degrees in the twin cities and the Vikings just beat the crap out of a bad team. So not a lot to complain about. We're all just sort of in wait and see mode and see how many games they can rack up. But let's go to our next Vikings fan decks for sure. Zach, what's going on, dude, guys,
8: what's up?
3: Hey, Zach. On.
8: Hey, you guys are selling Kirk Cousins short. He has a mean handoff, you know what I'm saying? So, And, and he'll give you at least once per game, a, a fake into a sack. So that's always good. So, don't give Kirk Cousins too much credit, but I mean, he's on the Trent Dilfer program. Like, We talked about, hey, should we keep Dalvin on a pitch count? I think Kirk's on a pitch count. You got 15 to 20 throws a game, Kirk. You got 8 to 10 guys staring at number 33 on every play because he's running wild. And so that gives him his little opportunities to get his picks. And, you know, for for all accounts, he made the most of them today, except for wide open Thielen in the end zone, who he overthrow, But – I mean, he he hadn't thrown the ball for seventeen plays before that, so I don't put that too much on him. So. Dude, there there was a
3: play, so obviously, like Kirk wound up doing his job and having a an decent game and whatnot. But Trent Green on the first pass play of the game. You know, brings up the uh, the the telestrator and shows Adam Thielen wide open down the field for a sure <laughs> touchdown, and and Kirk took the underneath the Kyle Rudolph.
5: I saw you tweet that, Mackie, right away too. Yeah,
3: I got smoked for right that out. tweet because they went on and scored a touchdown, but but a lot of people were saying, "Hey, let's." You know, Kirk said last week. He said, "We need more singles and doubles. we we have too many <laughs> home runs." It's like, yeah, it doesn't mean that you pass up the home runs, dude. Come on,
8: twenty yards is too far of a throw now. Coops told him, "Keep it, you know, fifteen, seventeen <laughs> yards. That's it." <laughs> um, I, I think a lot of credit is going to go out to Zimmer for this game and really the last two. I mean, he's making chicken salad out of chicken ish, you know, and uh, I, I saw today the corners were a lot closer up to the line. Um, I don't know if that was to to give his safeties more time to diagnose, to, to help out in the run. But I mean, overall, they're they're doing a lot of things to, to cover up some of the, you know, the, the bad play or just the young you know, play on the team. And I think that's why we've been successful the last two games.
3: Yeah. Amen. Zach, great stuff as always, dude. Thank enjoy the enjoy the rest you. of your Sunday.
8: It's, over. it's either seven and nine or nine and seven boys.
3: Yeah. I think 100%. you might be right. hundred percent.
5: Seven, nine might be possible now. Very possible.
3: I mean, think about it. seven and nine to nine and seven is the Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins career bracket. Now Zimmer has coached up to 13 and three and he's coached up beyond that. But Kirk has just been. I think every season with every team he started for, I think he's been between seven and nine and nine and seven. He's just, he's just, and that, and that's where this is headed now.
5: How, how do we digest that though? Because that, that doesn't put you in, in a great spot for a draft pick. It puts you if you win, if you get to seven wins, it puts you in an okay spot. It's not going to be a terrible pick, but it's still not what we thought it was going to be. It just seems to me that, that that's the type. of, a Vikings finish that keeps this team competitive on a very consistent basis, but it doesn't allow for the pop up. And here's my question too: At what point in time do we have to seriously consider if they get to a certain victory total, Phil Mackey, that they um, are not going to, as much as we might disagree with this, address the quarterback position like we think they should? Mm-hmm. Like, like at what point do do they say formula sort of worked?
3: Well, but, they're, but they, but they. I think these last two games prove even more the need for a cheaper, younger quarterback. I don't
5: disagree. I'm just saying if they say if they say we're in in their mind we're stuck for 2021, and they go nine and seven, and no, this is not. I no, see this what?
3: this is not K fan. This is Scornor. This, yeah, this, yeah. this is Purple Daily. This is Vikings. Believe
5: me, yes. believe me, believe me. They they are not. They are not going through the current discussion that we are right now.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um, real quick, this this is the new show in town. Score North is less than two years old. Mackie and Judd and Declan, we've been around uh, doing our talk show on the radio for seven years, but uh, but no, this is this uh, this is the new show in town, and uh, we appreciate if you would spread the word to your friends about Vikings Vent Line on YouTube uh, and the Purple Daily YouTube channel and podcast. So, thank you. Just wanted to throw that out there, real quick.
5: But being back, if if they if they get to nine wins and basically contractually it does look like there is a very good case to be made that they feel they're going to be stuck with Kirk for at least 2021 do they take a hard pass on taking a quarterback in April and basically say well you know what the formula sort of works here no. i'm just i'm i'm I, alerting I what well well before the draft i'm alerting you of the possibility that that could happen
3: yeah i no, mean man. i think uh, I, I i i just think the blueprint that they've drawn up the last couple of weeks, you've got these dynamic skill position players. Irv Smith is now popping with two touchdowns in the red zone today. Dalvin cook when healthy is one of the best weapons in the NFL. Justin Jefferson's one of the best weapons. I mean, and so you've got all these weapons and they are so afraid that the quarterback is going to shipwreck the game that they're just letting him play off play action and they're limiting his throw count to 15 or 20. And, and so like, you know, they, they it's not like, they're oblivious to what's going on game plan wise here. They are gaming this up. And you've mentioned this the same way that Brad Childress and company gamed up a Gus Farrat game plan or a Tavares Jackson game plan or, or a Brad Johnson game plan from 2005, 05 was Mike Tice. But the point still stands like it's 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 scheme that is even like some of the wins in the passing game. Those a lot of these open routes are schemed off of how great Dalvin Cook is, right? If you see a play action bootleg rollout to the right and a wide open receiver, that's that's and again, I'm not trying to pile on the guy, but that's very, very little to do with Kirk Cousins and more to do with Dalvin Cook and the scheme and Gary Kubiak. I'm just the offensive I, not,
5: line. I agree. I, I don't, I do not disagree with the word that you just said. What I'm saying is if they feel that they're stuck and they say, you know what. We can scheme this right. I'm leaving open the door, the possibility for 2021 that they do this again. And and keep in mind too, the most important factor becomes that the thing that the past two weeks basically, and it's a good thing, the Vikings have been able to take for granted. Dalvin Cook has stayed healthy. You remove him from the equation, and it's happened before, and it will happen again. The whole equation has changed dramatically. Yep. Um, I- oh, oh, quickly too. Mm-hmm. So I've, I feel like our ideas here have been pretty good, and we've talked about how, how to use Kirk, and they sort of didn't, and then they flipped to our script and had success. So I'm going to alert them to something else, okay? This is very simple. Coach this Judd actually, coming in hot here. <laughs> this actually worked. No, this worked, and then they went away from it in the third quarter, and it drove me crazy. Deep shot for Jefferson. Not a well-thrown ball, but it's incomplete, so who cares, right? They came right back, same pass play, worked perfectly. Kirk could make that throw. Who caught it? Justin Jefferson. Later in either the third or early in the fourth quarter, what did we see? Same pattern run by Adam Thielen. Mm-hmm. All right? Okay, here's my advice. Okay, Justin Jefferson, I'll say it for the 19th consecutive week, because I swear to God, I keep repeating myself. Justin Jefferson is a special player. He is a special player. Sorry, but he just is, okay? Justin Jefferson. I understand the desire to to have him outside at times and in the slot to confuse defenses. But if you're gonna run those what amount to basically go routes, they should be for eighteen, not nineteen. I'm not saying that Thielen can't do them at all, but the ball that Thielen couldn't catch up to, Jefferson has a chance with his speed and skill. So I'm just saying you put on tape a great idea and then we're like, well, let's incorporate the other guy too. No. No, go by what we're giving you here. This show is giving you the blueprint to success.
3: Right? <laughs> we really are. I mean, we are certified NFL coaches and executives here, okay? <laughs> we are just here to consult our expertise out to really not just the Vikings, but any team that needs it. Uh, maybe Bears, the Lions. Maybe the Lions. Yeah, Lions Bears, and Bears. Bears are us calling up. Foles is calling. <laughs> Dex, who's next on Vikings Vet yeah, line? Powered uh, by Corona Hard Seltzer. Let's go with Bernard. Is it Bernard?
9: Bernard is right, yes.
3: Bernard, Bernard what's going on, man?
9: Yeah, uh I mean, I was totally on board with Tank for Trevor and everything. <laughs> I just I just can't help but enjoy this. It's it's, it's just great to see them play like this. And uh, yeah. But also I still I'm just not a Kirk fan. I'll never I, I don't think I'll ever be. And I, I don't know if you if you watch Red Zone or something. I, I have it on. Um, oh, yeah. And just seeing Teddy play like he did today mm. it's just Making you pine for him even more. I mean, he almost brought them back against the Chiefs.
3: And yeah, they, they came up just short in that game, yeah. but Pat Mahomes wound up throwing for like four hundred and four touchdowns. So yeah,
9: they they tried a sixty-seven-yard field goal that would have won it in the
3: end. What? But, but wow. It, uh, it
9: was way off. But, uh, wow.
3: Yeah, dude. Did then, you okay? Did you guys see Teddy Bridgewater convert a fourth and fourteen run yeah, in which? Yes. Five yards before the first down marker, he jumped in the air and like was was basically like John Elway helicoptered in the air for a first down. Wow. That was amazing. That
9: that play, you just can't help but think, man, what a winner. It's it's unbelievable. I just love that guy.
3: Yeah, he's... uh, I root for him. I really do. And I, I actually wouldn't be shocked at some point if and maybe it's 10 years from now, if Teddy does finish a Vikings chapter in some way, but it looks like Carolina might've found their guy. And mm-hmm. if you're Carolina, there's really no reason. Um, if you think he still has upside to, to move on from him, but are you, so you're, so you said you you were on the tank for Trevor bandwagon like three weeks ago, and now you're just counting the wins, right? So you've made this, you've made the flip mentally.
9: Yep. As I said, I mean, if, if they just, Start losing again? Okay, better draft position. That's okay. But I just can't help. But I mean, how do you not like Delvin Cook running like that? Yeah. It's just, it's just so fun to watch. I, I, how you're not going to celebrate that as a Vikings fan? I, I just,
3: yeah. I just. By I, the way, shout out to Elijah in the YouTube comments who's watching. I don't know why, Elijah. You are a masochist, man. He's watching a Vikings <laughs> post game show, and he says, "I'm so tired of being a Lions fan, dude." I. I don't know. My advice, I don't know what Elijah, that's stop like
5: stop being one. <laughs> Find a new team. Do anything you have to do.
3: Uh, all right, Bernard. Appreciate you joining us, and we'll talk Enjoy to you Bernard. again sometime this season.
4: Right, I, I did not. I up. did not put on Bernard just because he is a big as as big of a Teddy Bridgewater stand as your boys truly here. I, I mean, I, I, it's it's hard enough watching him succeed in Carolina. Okay, it's like the one that got away. All right, I just have to watch her flourish in life while I'm doing my thing.
3: It's hard. But, well, you know what though. See, you got to make sure that your house is in order so that when you meet the one That's you're right. ready to go. Now with Teddy it was an injury thing, so right. it was a little bit of a different scenario. Right. All right, who who's next here, Dex? Yeah, let's uh let's go to Kip. Kip, what's going on, man?
10: Hey guys, was Everson good, not great today because I think he stoked the fire with Zimmer when he came out with the comment and Zimmer said, "All right, I'll show you good, not gr- I'll show you great, not good." And he stuck Dalvin down. The did, did Everson even get a sack today? I wasn't really paying attention. I just saw the score stack and stack with Dalvin. He Was did he, have uh, he
3: he did have a tipped pass that went. Uh, it, it helped create a four and a, a, a three and okay. out. Okay, and I then
5: talked, it, I talked a ton of smack too.
3: He talked a ton oh, of smack. Okay. And at one point, Matt Patricia had to go talk to him and basically tell him, "Dude, like go sit down." <laughs> like <laughs> Matt, Matt Patricia walks up, he's like, "Dude, we're the Lions." <laughs>
10: just, yeah. <laughs> Um, I was, I I, I thought they would win today. I think they're going to be seven and nine, eight and eight or nine and seven. And I think they need to draft a QB regardless of the situation, but, you know, it was good to get a win. I think Zimmer is, you know, like I told last week, this is Zim's middle finger to management saying, I'm doing it my way. And if you're going to fire me, go right ahead, but it ain't going to be greener on the other side. And, <laughs> and I think he sat Kubiak down and said, let's. Let's calm Kirk down and just let him hand it off to Dalvin. Let Dalvin be the workhorse. So, uh, it was a good win. It was kind of boring. And then when I saw the seventy-yard touchdown pass, I said, "Yeah, I think Everson, uh is being quiet now." So, but it was a great win today, guys.
3: Hey Amen, Kip. Great Thanks, stuff. Thanks for coming on the show.
5: Yeah, he he. Uh, so he he tipped the Kirk pass. Looked at the Vikings bench and it might it might have been right at Mike and started to like flex and stuff and it's like Everson you're playing you're playing for Detroit dude it's even a Detroit, Detroit ball.
3: like Mike Zimmer oh. loves him like I don't even it's yeah. it's the dumbest whiteboard material thing ever Vikings fans love him Mike Zimmer loves him like it's like such manufactured ridiculous self motivation I still love the guy but my mm-hmm. God
5: it's also very different if you come back with the Chiefs and then you're really good and you're like I'm on a really good team. You're on the Lions. No. They're a disaster, and and I mean, your your defensive teammates actively didn't care. Yeah. So it's like you're like all jacked up, and they're like, "Yeah, let's go home."
3: So yeah. What's, yeah, so what's was- the
5: point? What's what's the point? And Peterson. I mean, my God unbelievable. I just can't get past it.
3: Yeah, Adrian Adrian's final he eight eight carries for he had a couple of nice carries early on but uh eight carries for 29 yards and the the biggest most impactful one was was probably the minus 4 he took on uh, like third and goal from the one yard line and he and you know offensive line got blown off the ball by the Vikings defense there so that was more of a credit to the Vikings linebackers for getting up in the mix but it's just kind of like those are the things I remember about Peterson, for sure. The, the frustrating parts about him that I don't think Dalvin Cook really has the, this part of his game where Peterson just like wants to always break the big one when it's not there. And so he'll tap dance his way into a big loss that winds up. Maybe you know if the Lions get stuff for a no game, they go for it on fourth and goal from the one yard line. And sure. they have to kick a field goal. And real quick, speaking of field goals, Matt Prater missing a 46 yarder in the first half of that game. Huh? I believe I saw this right. We're eight weeks into the season for the Vikings. That was the first missed kick of any kind against the Vikings this year. Wow,
5: that's quite the run. That's,
3: that's amazing. Bad
11: that's luck incredible. for the Vikings.
5: Yeah, well, I mean, but the the Peterson thing though is I, his thing is it, in his prime, he would go backwards and like bounce off guys and lose yards, but then he would come back and run for thirty yards. Right yeah. now, he can't. And Dalvin, Dalvin does two things well. He goes forward. He doesn't He doesn't necessarily try to make plays where plays don't e- exist. And I also feel like Delvin, when the play is done, accepts that. I mean, how many times did we see AP fumble because he wouldn't accept a play was basically done? And he'd be going for, I got to get two more yards. And then someone would come in and boom,
3: pop the ball out. So, all right, here's a here's a hot take question for you. I, I sort of alluded to this last week on I think either Mackie and Judd or or Purple Daily, but now that you've now that you've seen Dalvin Cook do this back to back weeks, these just historical performances. Who was better at their absolute peak per their era, Adrian Peterson per his era, like O seven through eleven, or the peak that we've seen of Dalvin Cook the last couple of weeks, like this version of Dalvin Cook per 2020 football?
5: Dalvin right now is fantastic. It's fun to watch. Um, I still, I still would need to see more of this before I bypass. I said Dalvin and not AP. I think Peterson was so dominant at the time. And look, I, I mean, incredibly, the threat of the passing game that that Peterson had in like his first two years was less than what Dalvin has now, which is incredible. And also. Peterson, and this was his own fault, but couldn't really catch the ball well. And so his only outlet was, here, run it, right? So I'm not saying that Dalvin doesn't have the opportunity and the potential here to pass AP at some point in time in my mind. But right now, Dex, I, I would still say that it's Peterson and then Cook. But, mm-hmm. what Cook's, but what Cook is doing right now, I'm not trying to put down because it is fun to watch and it's pretty incredible.
4: Yeah, I mean, look, a- AP from basically 2011 to even 2014, uh, 2015, I mean, he won an MVP in 2012, coming off an insane ACL tear. And he was able to do that with guys like T-Jack, Ferrat, Kelly Holcomb, Christian Ponder. I mean, he physically carried that team. And Dalvin's been dynamic. Dalvin might be, it might, I don't think it's a hot take to say Dalvin's a more complete Dynamic player than AP, he's
12: more but, complete, sure.
4: But but Kirk Cousins, you you still have at least, even though we rag on him, like Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than basically all those guys outside of Brett Favre from the Adrian Peterson era, and it's not close. Mm-hmm. So I, yes, it's a special player. You could make a case even Dalvin's putting his stamp as an MVP. It's pretty a running back winning MVP in twenty twenty is next to impossible. But he is the single most important player on this team. But I, I would say peak wise, it's still AP. I need to see more, just like Jed said.
3: Yeah. All right, who's next on Vikings Vent line?
4: Yeah, let's Power go to my car, uh, hard. Let's go to Nate. Nate, you're on Vikings Vent Line. How's up, Nate?
11: Guys? Good. Hey. Uh I absolutely hate uh watching Kirk Cousins uh give us these false hoax stats.
3: Um Nate, you're being negative, dude. Why are you being no, so negative? Why are you, are you what's up with all the cousins? Hate well, Nate? I wanted
11: to refer back to uh I love Judd's rant last week on Vent Line. Uh, I turned 22 tomorrow and I, I feel that pain. So I can't even imagine, uh, how he feels, how you feel, Judd. Um, old it's yeah. Happy uh, birthday too. Thank you. Um, but yeah, th- we two weeks ago we had, uh, cousins on the verge of being benched and I, I was excited. I was so excited for that to happen and it didn't happen. And now he's coming out and, uh, Give us, give us, uh, giving us these false hope stats and it, it, it pisses me off. Um, <laughs> it just, it, it does. And, um, I, one question I wanted to ask you guys, uh, you know, I'm trying to think for myself on this season, but you guys have convinced me that, uh, uh, it's okay to lose, right? And that's obviously, that's hard to swallow, but, uh, now now we look at this, we're three and five, we got this good schedule coming up for us. It like, is it okay to want to win now? Like I'm straight up asking.
3: Okay, here here's where I'm at with this, right? The tank for Trevor and the fail for Fields movement, that ship has sailed. Yeah. The win against the Packers sort of put that to bed, and then validating it with a win against the Lions. And by validating it, I mean like, okay, they've won back to back games, they're three and five. They've got a very favorable schedule the next month or so. And so I think at this point, if you're, I mean, I'm not going to tell you you know, what you should or shouldn't do. I'll just tell you what I personally, I root for as many wins as possible. Cause at this point, like you're not going to be drafting in the top five. You can now, can you, can you somehow make a trade up into the top two or top three? I don't know if you have enough draft capital. Cause I don't like, I think you need another second round pick, maybe another first round pick to really. So I think what you're rooting for right now, if you want the Vikings to draft a quarterback of the future, you're not going to find that guy in Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields anyways. So you might as well just see where the chips fall. And if you draft 18th, if you draft 20th, if you draft 12th, maybe maybe Zach Murray uh, or Zach Wilson. Why do I keep calling him Zach Murray? Zach Wilson from BYU. The BYU kid. The BYU kid. That's Kids, the my first. thoughts on that
11: is, uh, I mean, I don't really care where we end up in the draft. If we want a franchise quarterback, which we've never had before, it doesn't matter if we're picking fifth or twenty fifth. If you want that quarterback, you go get. It. That's 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 Rick Spielman's job and that's what he needs to do. The Chiefs did. That's what yes, the Chiefs exactly.
3: did. The Chiefs treated up traded up seventeen spots to get Pat Mahomes. So yeah. and just yeah.
11: uh when I said I felt your pain, it's because of this old man right here. It's my dad. He, he hey. saw to me.
3: Nice
5: beard. <laughs> I like the beard.
11: Yeah, it's, it's looking good. In Washington, and then Tim in Minnesota, and now Tim yeah. in Washington. We got some. We got some. Very
3: nice. <laughs> Love it, guys. Awesome, man. Oh, I like you know, it. I know, Good stuff, man. I know you guys have been you you, you guys have been loyal uh, followers of the show, and I know Tim calls in all the time too. So we appreciate you guys jumping on. And Nate, we'll see you again maybe later this season. All right, thanks for coming yep, thanks,
5: on. Thanks, guys. boys, take care. Bye, bye. Um, here's my thing on on Nate's point about Kirk, though. Kirk drives me crazy when Kirk puts up false stats in games that are gone. That drives me me nuts. I think we need to create or talk about the difference in what uh, he's talking about now as opposed to that, though, is this is literally game plan coaching and execution of game plan and what Kirk is being told to do. So this Kirk does not drive me crazy at all. In fact, I encourage it. Now, where people I think are going to come back at me, and they're probably right, is say, Yeah, but his salary dictates that that he be, you know, damn near a star, if not a star. Um, But the Kirk that drives us nuts is it's 24 to three at the half or a score like that. And then Kirk comes out and the pressure's off. And in the third quarter, he looks fantastic, right? That's what drives us crazy. This, the last two games to me have been genius. They are exactly what this team should be doing. But there's two arguments to be made about the cons against that. One is... Kirk has paid too much to probably be this guy. And second is this works great. As long as Dalvin is on the field and Dalvin cook gets hurt. Mm -hmm. And the second that he's gone, this whole thing shifts and you have to look at Kirk and be like, okay, Kirk back to it. And that's an ask that I don't think he's capable of pulling through
3: on. Well, I'll tell you what this game to me, it was an obvious Kirk perform well game. It's the lions it's noon. They're two and five. Like there's, you could not create an NFL scenario with less pressure than today. Just like straight up next week. Now that the Vikings have gotten back into this thing a little bit and the, and the gateway to making a playoff run runs through soldier field, no fans or limited fans, whatever. So not, not going to be quite the atmosphere, but that defense Monday night, prime time. You're not at home. Uh, it's going to be weather might be in play on a Monday night in November in Chicago. That is the type of game you you guys ever see that meme all over the internet. It's the change my mind where, you know, a guys sitting at a table, right. With a cup of coffee. Like that's me right now saying, listen, Kirk, if you want to change my mind, (laughs) go into Chicago on Monday night next week. When, when the pressure has ratcheted up a little bit more, because now people, people are leaning in again. Oh, Oh, look at the Vikings. Oh, interesting. A couple of division wins. Let's see if they can build on this thing. Do it against the Bears next week, and, mm-hmm. and you'll have my attention. That's yes. where I stand with this. Yes. And or, by the way, the Bears are probably going to sell out to stop Dalvin Cook. So there's going to be even yeah. more attention or or more pressure on Kirk to make something happen through the air.
5: 0-9 oh, on Monday night. That's not a fluke. That's nine games. We're going to be at 10 games, okay? Win one of them. Yeah. Win, win one of them. And you don't even have to do it by yourself. But do enough where we come away from that game saying tonight, Kirk Cousins played a key role in a Monday night victory for the first time in his career, which, by the way, didn't start last year.
3: Amen. All right, let's get to our next one here, Dex. Who else we got? We got uh, Sports Bro Nick. Sports Bro Nick, what's going on, brother?
5: Sports Bro, what's up? Uh, just another
3: deflating win, guys. <sighs>
5: Oh, <laughs> I, hate
11: to, I hate
4: to be that.
5: Dude. Stop. It's okay.
3: I think it's, I think the ship has sailed though. I think I don't like oh Trevor Lawrence, like that ship sure. has sailed. Absolutely. And and the tone, I mean, I knew
1: it was bad when we beat the Packers. We didn't make any trades. You knew this was coming. Um, yes. I, I don't like to see it. I mean, it, you, we're going to miss out on Zach Wilson. You know, as much as I wanted another uh, overly religious quarterback that fricks and fracks. But now we can't, you're not going to, like, reach for a quarterback in the first round. So are you going to get it with your second round pick? Well, you kind of blew that already this year for a dude that played six games. My thinking is hopefully quarterback play in college football will continue to excel and boost up the draft um, prospects for those guys. And Trey Lance, who has not played at all this year, I mean who will continue to not play will somehow slide and we nab him. That's like the only way I can see is getting a quarterback. Otherwise we're heading towards seven and nine, nine and seven mediocrity I just yeah. <laughs>
6: that's
5: where we live, sports son. Mediocrityville is our address. <laughs> I don't want it. You know
4: that existence don't is pain, it. Nick. Existence is pain. That's what this is. I don't want to. Okay,
1: so let's everyone get pumped to maybe pull out a, another miracle win in the first round. And then let's run it back again next year. Go Buccaneers, Tom Brady. Sorry, Declan. Get on the boat.
3: <laughs> sports bro, Nick. Appreciate oh you sports, coming oh my on, sports
5: dude. Hurting. He's hurting because <laughs> of this.
3: God. Um, oh, man, it's hilarious.
5: Let me give you guys uh, if this team wins nine games, let me give you a scenario that I think with the thinking of this franchise currently and the current people that run the franchise is realistic, okay? Cousins is signed for a ton. Trying to move him is possible, but I think that they also, if they win nine games, could say, well, I mean, he fit in okay. You know, we got off to a terrible start and won nine games. They then make a run for it in 2021 by drafting in the first round defense, and by in the second round, taking, let's say, a guard. And they actually try and gear up to take a run, a last run in their minds, with draft picks trying to help out this current team. But the bulk of the help goes towards the defense, and Cousins comes back.
3: Don't, uh, don't say it to me, Judd. You're trying to get me to jump through the screen right now.
5: I'm going out as a possibility.
3: Are you trying to get me to jump out my yeah. balcony right now. Would you would you like to witness me jump to my no. death?
5: No, I don't want to see yet. that. But I'm preaching today. It's a Sunday. I'm preaching sports acceptance. We <laughs> have to be prepared for these things. They happen to us.
3: I'm sorry. Um, no, I know I, you're here. You're, it's 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 one of one of my favorite books I've ever read. I've told you guys is the power of negative thinking by Bob Knight of the old basketball coach, right? <laughs> it, and, and the book is literally it's like 200 pages about how. He has lived his life anticipating and planning for the worst case scenario things to happen, so that you're never thrown off by them.
5: Yeah, right. That's how teams operate. in In my opinion, smart teams operate exactly like that.
3: It should be required reading for all Minnesota sports fans and all Minnesota Vikings fans. Uh, let's get to our next Vikings guest here, Dex. Who else we got? We got Jacob. Jacob, what's going on, dude?
10: Hey guys. Um. So, uh, I just had like I'm. I I would say I'm. An optimist. So, like, I was originally on the, obviously, like, tank for Trevor, but I I couldn't, like, pull, you know, for my team to lose regardless. So I've been happy, obviously, that they won the last two games. But my question to you guys is, like, do you think that Vikings could probably be, like, the Titans of last year? Essentially just hand it off to Dalvin Cook, like he's on Derrick Henry. And then uh could Cousins elevate his uh play level to Ryan Tannehill?
3: You know, dude, this, these is a great question. It's a, it's a great question, Jacob. And I think that, I think you've hit on the Vikings model. If they were to max out their current roster and max out their current coaching philosophy and scheme and everything, you got defensive minded coaches in both cases. Um, I think what Ryan Tannehill has done the last year and a half or so is I think that ceiling is that we're, we're witnessing Ryan Tannehill ceiling. I think that ceiling and what he can do late in games sometimes is higher than what Kirk cousins can give, at least to this point, like Kirk, Kirk hasn't shown that level that Ryan Tannehill has shown, but everything else is kind of similar and that they're both sort of nine and seven, you know, grinded out teams. Um, the Titans show they can go deep in the playoffs. I actually think you can win a Super Bowl doing that as long as your quarterback can win you close games or come from behind in the fourth quarter. And that's, that's where I would be just skeptical. Like Kirk needs to show that he can do that. If the Vikings are going to make a run at this thing, Kirk's going to, you're not just going to be able to hand off to Dalvin 30 times and run bootleg play action off of it. There's going to be the Chicago bears, maybe starting on Monday are going to snip this thing out. And then, then it's going to go back to Kirk and then he's going to be the one that has to make plays. But that's, but I think you've probably brought up the blueprint for if the Vikings are going to do something, it would be a Titans like blueprint.
5: So I, I think the thing too is, you know, it, it's fun to talk about Kirk and the uh, offense, and I get all that. But I think the thing too that we're probably ignoring, um, because the Vikings have have played a team today that was just not good, is what happens if you get into the playoffs too and play a good offensive team. Like your defense still has some major problems. Your secondary is questionable. I think your pass rush against a good team is questionable. So so from trying to steal the Titans. Blueprint, which I think they would love to do. I don't know if you have enough firepower in the front and back end of your defense against a really good team in a playoff game to be successful and not get blown out. And if you now, now, if you're the Vikings and you know, you start to try to exchange scores, guys, I think that becomes really tough. So I think what we need to account for too is if an offense is put in a good environment um, and it's well run, can the Vikings stop it? I need to see that. And the Bears are not going to be the team to judge that against, but – Hopefully, at some point in time, they're going to play a pretty high-powered offense indoors or something like that. That will give us a much better idea of where this defense has come since the first five or six games. Uh, because I still think those corners could be picked on badly if they if they met the right team.
3: Jacob, thanks for coming on, dude. That's a great question, and uh, we hope you enjoy the rest of the season. Real quick, Delton chimes in. Delton's left a couple comments here. Uh, he he wants us to talk about the offensive line. And Delton, you might have missed it. We actually we actually dove in right off the bat, sort of talking about the offensive line and how it looks like they've they've found something in Ezra Cleveland. Uh they were road graders. They deserve a ton of praise in the running game. But Dalton also wonders if the old guy on the show, Judd Zulgad, still thinks that the Vikings shouldn't have given Dalvin a contract extension.
5: I said that I would have personally used up Dalvin for all he was worth in two thousand and 20, told him that I couldn't extend him because the cap is definitely going down, and then found a way to talk after that. Um Look, he's a marvelous player. I, I, I hate the fact that when we talk about this, it sounds like I don't like him. He's a fantastic player. Do I think, though, that with the cap possibly coming down to, I believe, as low as 175 in 2021, Phil, that it was a slam dunk? No, I don't. I don't think that Players at his position um, come March are going to have a ton of options too. So this has nothing to do with the fact that I don't think he is a great player. It has everything to do with where the cap is going to be and what you're working with. And let's never forget, part of your problem is you've got a quarterback who's good, but certainly not great, signed to a huge contract. I mean, there's a lot of things here at work. Um, And So I don't want folks to just think i don't give out contract extensions no 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 it's an issue that i think would be wise wise to examine johnny krasinski giving me trouble as usual (laughs) i can't get away from him (laughs) bye johnny um but yeah so so look he's a great player i get that but he was going to play for you at 2020 no matter what he made that clear he's been great
3: yeah, I, I would say, you know, he he's to me, he's the best running back in the NFL right now. And the last two weeks have been like the peak of his powers. And he's just been incredible. That can be true. And the other thing that can also be true is giving long term extensions to running backs and paying them top dollar to the market, you know, relative to whatever the salary cap is. in that era of the NFL doesn't often prove to be a good strategy. Yeah, um, And, it, and it, even with Adrian Peterson, like. Was he still the best running back in the NFL when he was making ridiculous money 10 years ago for the Vikings or eight years ago? Yes. Did it hamper their ability to pay other, maybe more integral positions? Yes. Um, so, but I, but the way Dalvin's playing right now, there's like nobody can say that they're going to like instantly regret that contract extension. It's going to be if he gets hurt again in week two or something next week and you already knew that he was injury prone. Um, you know, those are things that'll play out over time. Dex, let's get
4: to our next one here. For sure. Let's go to uh, Jay. Jay's been like slamming ice cream in the background while he's been listening to us. Let's <laughs> see what's going on?
12: Hey, I'm slamming ice cream and you guys are slamming them Corona hard seltzers, right? Love it. Hey, Cheap so I, got, Thank you. <laughs> I got a little nerd tidbit for you guys, a comment, and then a reckless speculation, and then I'll get out of here for you. All right. All right. Please so the, uh, the little nerd segment, uh, something you guys kind of touched on uh, in kind of a different wording, but Galvin uh, Cook today. With his performance, is the second uh, person in all of Vikings history to have consecutive games of 200 yards and two touchdowns, which I thought was pretty cool. And That's the first amazing. one, Chuck, Chuck Foreman. Uh, the little comment that I have it makes me sad because we have Kirk Cousins as our quarterback. Did you guys watch that Jaguars game? That rookie six-round pick.
3: No. What, yes, how did no. he perform?
12: It, his second pass as an NFL starting quarterback was a seventy-yard touchdown.
3: It was oh, incredible. to, D, to D, I did see a DJ Chark's fantasy alert a couple times. So uh, I <laughs>
12: and not just that, but he had a he had a ch- he had a final something that us here in Minnesota have never seen: a uh, last chance fourth quarter game-winning drive with no time left, where uh, the play completely breaks down. He's like, it's like fifth uh, for uh goal 5 yards to go. He breaks a tackle and runs into the end zone and the only reason they don't uh tie that game and send it to overtime is cuz they uh missed the two point conversion. Oh man. Uh, I I know I know it's Houston. I know they're both one and seven teams, but seeing that from a rookie 6 round pick and then looking back at our quarterback situation.
3: Yeah.
12: Uh kind of made me sad. <laughs>
3: so so, so you're bit, saying they basically lie. they basically have two Gardner Minshews now in Jacksonville, is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah.
12: Yeah. And,
3: and the, Vikings, the Vikings they need they one of those.
5: And, and they're both being paid exactly nothing compared to a what- free
3: <laughs> Correct. <Yes. Yep. laughs> and then what's your right. what's your reckless speculation? All right.
12: Uh, it's more of a hopeful speculation, but it's also very reckless. Okay. How many draft picks do you think it would take, along with Kirk Cousins, to send him to the Jets in exchange for Sam Darnold? Mm-hmm.
3: I don't think I don't think they're
5: taking Kirk, but I do think the draft picks is a great question.
3: Yeah. So I think, yeah, I mean, like the Jets would for sure trade Sam Darnold for draft picks. I don't think they'd want anything to do with Kirk's cap number because if they were going to trade Sam Darnold, they were, they'll were they just draft Trevor Lawrence and be on with it. Um, so if you wanted to pull that, like the answer is you'd have to add more draft picks to get them to take Kirk Cousins contract. Yeah, but like I think I think the Jets are still trying to I don't know how much they have uh, really shopped Sam Darnold legitimately before the trade deadline. But if those conversations pick up in the offseason, it sounds like they're looking for a first round pick. And so if I'm the Vikings and let's say the Vikings wind up with like the 12th pick, they might have to make a decision with that 12th pick. If they've decided, all right, we're going to move on from Kirk, whatever that looks like, um, and we're going to use the 12th pick on a quarterback. They're going to have to decide, do we want like the fourth quarterback off the board? Because I'm going to assume that three quarterbacks go Two are going in the top 10 for sure. And I would assume there's probably going to be three go in the top 10 do we want to draft the fourth quarterback off the board like they did with Christian Ponder when they reached, you know, eight, nine years ago, or would they use that first round pick on a reclamation project like a Sam Darnold? That's the decision I mean, that they might have to make.
12: I think we've got the pieces here to make him feel a little less helpless. <laughs> do, do you guys think but, that
5: the Jets are are going to get a first round pick for him? I, I think, no. that, I think they're crazy. I think they might get a second, I would offer them a third, but I don't think they're going to get a first round pick.
3: Yeah, like, oh, let me ask you this. Since we're continuing down this reckless speculation path with Jay here, the Vikings don't have a second round pick. If if you had two choices, you could reach for a quarterback in the first round with your 12th overall pick, or you could swap a third and like a late round, like a third and a fifth or something for Sam Darnold, Mm. and then use the first round pick on another position. What would you rather do? I would reach for the quarterback in first round.
5: Who is, doing, who is doing the drafting? Current registration? Current no, nope. I'm not allowing him. No, no way. I can't do that anymore. I can't play that game. I've played that game. I've seen it. It stunk. I walked out. It's terrible. No, I'm not playing that game again. I can't.
3: Yeah. Jay, what would you do?
12: Well, if Zach Wilson isn't there, then I would uh, go for a different position and then trade for Sam Darnold. But if Zach Wilson is there at number 12, I'm drafting him.
3: Love it! I Jay. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for bringing yeah. the noise here on uh, Vikings Vent Line. Can't do it anymore, awesome. you guys. I can't. Do it. It. I would do it. I, I
5: would. Do it. No, I did, no, but I would too with the right person doing it. I just can't hmm. do it with him anymore.
3: Hey, I wanna. I wanna just. I see. I'm just going through. We have we have so many great comments and conversations happening on the uh, on the YouTube page here, YouTube.com/slash/PurpleDailyPodcast. Purple And and Alt uh, asks, why do you guys hate Kirk? And then I just saw uh, and I'm not I'm not trying to pick on you. I just think you're you're asking questions that other people want to know the answer here to. And his follow up was they hate him because of his contract. And I just want to make it clear. It has nothing to do with how much money he makes. Like, I don't listen. It's a, it's a free market. Like Kirk Cousins is skilled at quarterback relative to the rest of the world. Therefore, because of supply and demand, he gets to comfortably live uh, with an eight figure salary. It has nothing to do with how much money he makes. It's about cap strategy. He makes too much of a percentage to the salary cap for the Vikings to win a Super Bowl, in my opinion. And and I know we all sort of we're all sort of uh, on a similar page with this. And so I just want to be clear that when we talk about Kirk Cousins money, we're not actually talking about like the fact that he makes 30 million. We're, you might as well just replace that with strategically percentage of the salary cap. Yeah. So just want, just want to throw he, that out there.
12: He
5: is, he is too big a piece in a puzzle and therefore does not fit in said puzzle. That's the problem. Uh, yeah. But, but to be clear too, I don't hate him. The issue is, are you comfortable with how the Vikings have approached the last two games? And you, you are going to play teams that are far superior to Detroit and, and the, the Packers did not play a great game. A, uh, we could go Sunday and I give the Vikings credit for that win, but there are going to be games where the Packers are superior to the team that, that the Vikings beat. So here's my question. Are you comfortable with having a quarterback who eats up as much of the cap as Kirk does manage the game and only allow him to do that? So you, you basically have now gone eight quarters without the training wheels coming off. Mm-hmm. So my question is if you ha- have a kid and your kid puts training wheels on their bike at the age of four, and at the age of 18, continues to ride that same bike, are you cool with that? Because that's what this is. <laughs> and if your answer is, you know what, I'm not going to allow my kid to drive, and little Jimmy does a great job on his tricycle, despite the fact that he's going to college, then you're fine with this. Mm. Um, so this is not about hate. This is about, this is about, if you're a fan, questions that you have to
0: ask yourself about comfort.
4: Dex, mm-hmm. who else we got? We're going to go from one J to a- another J. Jay. Jay, what's up?
0: What's up, guys? All right. Uh, I'd like to talk about two things here. Uh, so the first is that the past two games, I don't know, this might change, but for now, I think I'm going to stay with this thought that I don't want Mike Zimmer to leave next year. I want him around for another year. Um, I think he's doing a good job. Uh, I think his idea of a defensive minded coach like philosophy is a bit flawed, but I think that, I think that this is a Super Bowl built team with Mike Zimmer at coach. I think that's possible. The problem is what I'm going to call the human shield issue, where Zimmer and Cousins are kind of intertwined. You can't get rid of one without the other. And like every Vikings fan or most Vikings fan, I want Kirk gone. I want Zimmer to stay, but I want Kirk gone There's a big dilemma there where I feel like you can't get rid of one without taking out the other. And so that leaves us in a really curious position where I don't think we're going to be able to get rid of Kirk if we don't get rid of Zimmer and vice versa. So that's the first thing. Why? Um, why? Well, it's because I feel like, I feel, so first off is the timing of their extensions. Kirk and uh, Zimmer were extended on the same offseason. So I don't think that's a coincidence. The second thing is that I feel like Kirk fits into kind of Zimmer's defensive, Zimmer's coach mindset, which is that the quarterback is not that important. The quarterback needs to just manage the game. And their only, their only job is to not win it, but not give it up. I feel like that's why those two are intertwined. Uh, also, quick thing I want to point out is that I don't know about you guys, but I saw Gladney a lot today. I saw yeah. Gladney had a big game, and uh, that's good to mm-hmm. see. But um, yeah, I think that this whole Zimmer cousin situation is um, it's pretty it's pretty interesting. It's
3: well, you know, we we played the clip a couple times throughout the last month. Mike Zimmer flat out warning against the Vikings signing Kirk in in uh, March of 2018 or February 2018. He didn't use Kirk's name. But he just said, I think we should be careful throwing a lot of money at a position that might prevent us from being strong at these other spots. And he was very much putting up some red flags when it came to the signing of Kirk. And I think when when I read the tea leaves on that, I don't think he ever really wanted to be handcuffed to Kirk to begin with. I think he would have been fine being handcuffed to Teddy Bridgewater. Um, but I think, yeah, I mean, I, the other thing I'll add to what Jay is saying here is you want to become a dumpster fire franchise overnight, fire your GM, your coach, and get rid of your quarterback all at the same time. That is not I know that that's sometimes like it feels good, just clean house, right? They can't win a super bowl, so clean house. Bad franchises are starting over at those three key spots on a regular basis. And the Vikings, I, I listen, I, I want them to win a Super Bowl. I also don't want them to just like completely go in the tank for 10 years. And so you, you have to be a little bit careful about just getting rid of all of those key spots. If this season goes off the rails and and you know, jobs are on the line, I would be careful. I would probably pick between Rick and Zim if, if I'm the Wilfs. I'm not just going to start all over. You know who starts all over? The Browns, the Jets, <laughs> the Mets, like in, in other sports. The, the, you know the, the, Those are the types of franchises that are just always on the hunt for a new front office and a new coach. And so just be careful about firing everybody is what I'll caution.
0: I agree. Um, I think that obviously starting over, it feels good, you know. At the beginning, they were like clean house, get rid of all these guys. Come on, they're they're not winning us games, you know. We're in this like same cycle now. I feel like the fans have kind of eased up a bit, you know. They're a bit more. They're not at um at management management's throats anymore as much. But um, I feel like yeah, that's that's the thing though. Uh I think that I think that um, I think that Zimmer Spielman and Cousins all kind of fall into the same group as uh for the wolf for the Wilts and uh i think that i don't think that they're going to get rid of one without taking out at least one of the others i don't think that uh like zimmer spielman or cousins would go without someone else in that group of three going as well
5: i I think i think jay it's safe to say now that that rick and mike are perfectly safe um i mean they They just got extensions that kick in in 2021, Uh, and if they are safe, it's going to be up to them on Kirk. Here's the interesting thing, to backtrack to the comments, Phil, that you referred to, that we played from Mike right before they signed Kirk, is the reality with Mike is this, and this is probably not a good thing, but it's him. He wants a quarterback who doesn't lose games, who doesn't eat up a lot of salary cap room, and who he can trust to do what he wants to make— and this is going to sound weird, but it's true. His defense is good as possible. Hand mm-hmm. the ball off so we can run, right? So, so case drove him up the wall. Why? Be- because Mike deemed case to be high risk. Cousins is a safe quarterback, but he makes too much to be that. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that there's now an argument to be made. And this is going to sound weird, but if Mike's going to be given the keys to the car, like he has been, that you almost certainly have a young, not highly paid, low risk, i.e. Teddy quarterback, because that's what Mike wants. And then Mike can pay his cornerbacks and his um, three techniques. Right. And his defensive ends. So so as fans, we all stand back and say quarterbacks are huge in 2020 and we're not wrong. But that's not how Mike sees the game. Mike only sees the quarterback position through how can how can I stop it on the opposing team and how can it affect me as little as possible on his team.
3: Until he gets an actual dude at that position. Then his then he might treat it differently.
5: He but- might, but I don't think he ever wants to pay that, that guy as much as dudes are supposed to make because I think he always sees the the wise move being in paying guys who he thinks are more important to his philosophy.
4: Uh, Dex, who else we got? Yeah, we got L, and then uh, Darian, we'll get to you too after uh, we wrap here. But L, what's going on, dude? Oh, in the Viking swag. Vikings Ventline, yeah. what's
11: up? Hey,
13: guys. Um, so I got a couple things. Uh, first, Eric Wilson, hell of a game today. I think um, we could cut bait with Anthony Barr next year. I think if there's a trading partner, find a way to get rid of him. Because I think Aaron Wilson not only gives you what Anthony Barr gives you, but I also think he's great in coverage. And Anthony Barr, uh, you know, sometimes he just takes the pet off the metal and not really give you that full throttle that everybody hypes him up to be. Um, so I think Eric Wilson, I think he's got a future here if they can find a way to get rid of Anthony Barr. Um, second of all, what are we doing here? I mean, this is such a Vikings fall into the trap, Kirk Cousins kind of game. I think we, we what did we expect them to beat the Lions? I mean, I think Kirk Cousins hasn't lost the uh, Lions as a Viking. Um, since he's been here. So everybody, this is like false hope. I mean, I see through that. You know, I've been a Vikings fan for, you know, not as long as some of you guys out there, but I'm getting, I'm trending that way. And I'm saying this is just the typical Vikings, get your hope up. Um, we're falling in, we're falling in the draft. I, I think personally, after watching Zach Wilson this last week, I think he's, he's a real deal. I think it goes, I think it goes Lawrence. And then I think you go Fields and then you take Wilson. And after that, you don't reach for Lance. Lance is going to get a front office. I think if you draft him in the top 10, I, and this is, I I hope I'm wrong because I don't want, I don't, I don't hope fail on anybody, but he comes from the Missouri Valley Conference. I, like I said, I'm from South Dakota, so I've seen him play. I just don't think he's that kind of guy, franchise kind of player or quarterback. I think it goes Zach Wilson as the third, like, top prospect, and then you don't reach. You let it fall. If the Vikings get like a 15, 16, uh, pick, then you take the best player on the board. You don't reach for a quarterback, and I have a feeling that uh, either Spielman's not going to try to trade up and really try to get one of those three guys, or he's, like I said last time, he's just going to reach, and I think that's where we fall into the trap of Vikings you know, reaching for that quarterback instead of actually getting one of those guaranteed high-ceiling kind of quarterbacks. You watch, like today, I just saw two up, down, down the path, and they just scored a touchdown. I see Justin Herbert I mean, you need a mobile quarterback in today's day and age. Um, I think I think this is just false hope. Typical Vikings, Kirk Cousins against the Lions. Oh, Vikings back on track. But yeah, those yeah. are my thoughts. I, I wanted to see what you guys thought.
3: Uh, great stuff. Thanks for coming on, El. Be sure to jump on another edition of Vikings Vent Line. Um, I honestly I haven't seen enough of Trey Lance to have a, de- a fully developed opinion on whether or not he would be a bust. Um, so, so there's that. I fully agree with the Lions not being a game in which you can, you know, base the rest of your season off of. I think this is a game that any professional team and professional quarterback sh- and and a and a running back like Dalvin Cook with any sort of decent offensive line play should like they should win this game handily. Mm-hmm. So I agree with him on that front, Judd.
5: Yeah, I, so here, here's my thing: is I think it's fine if. You're frustrated by, by the fact that the Vikings have now won three games and won big today. I get that, Um, but like I'm not going to sit here too and be like, "Well, they can't win." Look, that they've won two consecutive games. I am now here. Here's the thing that that I will focus on now that, that they've won the past two, including today. I think it's going to be fun a week from Monday night now to see how they do against the Bears. I really do because that's going to tell us a ton. Um, if th- this team was now what, uh, potentially one in seven, I mean, okay. They stink. It's not fun. Now the draft pick trade-off is very good. Uh, but I think what, what we have to do here and what we've done in this town a thousand times before, and probably have to continue d- down the path is making the most of how we feel the teams screw us both good and bad. Uh, and so I am now look, if you go in and win a Monday night game in Chicago, That's impressive. Mm -hmm. I'm impressed then. So at least this puts us in position when it comes to in the discussion about the 2020 Vikings to have an interesting
3: conversation. Uh, Joseph brings up my guy. It's Ian book, by the way, not Ian Booker. Ian book looked pretty damn good. Bringing uh, Notre Dame back to win last night. Yeah. I mean, actually it's funny because Clemson's backup quarterback, like that dude's ridiculous. So, guy's so good. So it wasn't like Notre Dame just beat, you know, some slappy, Like that, that dude was amazing. That's, That's a point. big, big win for my Irish. And by
5: the way, your fans, that was that was charge <sighs> storming the field for, oh. for a Corona virus event was a great idea. Listen, Don't.
3: I mean, they're outside the, uh, I think the last time they beat the number one team uh, was in 1993 in that venue. So yeah, let's kid, let's you know, kid, be kid, just stay away from your grandpa. All right.
4: No, Notre Dame fans being obnoxious and us ridiculing them. I'm, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. No, something exactly. like that could What's happen.
3: Sure. Like that. The draft is coming uh, your way. On the Ian book front, I would just caution against almost every Notre Dame quarterback coming out of college into the draft. That's not named Joe Montana. So
5: I think that's very, very fair.
3: Be careful. Uh, all right, let's get to let's get to Darian. Looks like is going to wrap things up for us here on Vikings. Vent line, Mackie, Judd, Declan, Darian, bring us home, baby.
14: I don't know. I, I think at this point, she's a me Nostradamus at this point. I, I think <laughs> last week I said something about us going on a winning streak. Yeah, this this is what we do. This is exactly what we do, and all these um I don't know what these Vikings fans keep talking about with us tanking and everything like that. we I don't I don't want the Vikings to reach because last time I think we reached we got a Christian Ponder. We don't really do well with stuff like that. So, like I said, um my is probably going to go for a corner again, and we just going to have to deal with what we what we deal with. Now I will say this um as far as like the the quarterback I guess um supply that would, that's coming in I'm not really I haven't really been too impressed uh, outside of maybe a Justin Fields or a uh, or was it Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. but um I say I guess with the guys that we do have I wouldn't mind in like a reclamation project like a uh, like a Sam Darnold or or Haskin or anything like that. I think those guys probably got the bad end of the stick. And that's just how things go. But as far as, like, for us, I mean, the Bears aren't too much better than us. If we lose to the Bears, I mean, then <laughs> I guess we'll know what type of team we are. But wow. at, at the same time, I just feel like, you know, I think we kind of sold sold off the, the bandwagon too soon. We forget that Mike Zimmer is still a pretty decent coach. I think at some point he got handicapped by Mike Mike uh not with Rick Spielman a couple of times, but as far as Mike Zimmer, I mean we're crushing the guy for actually doing his job. Um, he actually develops talent. I, mean, I don't know if you guys seen DJ Wanum out there and Eric Wilson and these guys are actually starting to come together. My God, you know. Mm-hmm. So Dude, it, it's uh, a
3: it, it's become a great a great coaching uh, masterpiece by Mike Zimmer. And I get it. It's like it was a windy day last week, so asterisk, and then the Lions this week. But like they're they're running out dudes that were not supposed to be starting and contributing for this team, and they're playing really well defensively. So he deserves yeah, credit, I, man.
14: And also to credit the old guy, <laughs> as he would say, I'm with you on Dalvin Cook. Um, Dalvin Cook hasn't played a full year yet. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, you kind of you want to sit there and say that he's up there with the with the APs. I'll probably give him like a Robert Smith level as of right now, you know. But until we start seeing him actually, you know, be more available, being available is your best attribute as a running back. And I think that's going to be what's going to tell us whether he's going to be worth the money or not.
3: Yeah. But Amen. That's I have. All right, Darian, like, since you're since you bring in your Nostradamus vibes to the show here what, uh, so the Vikings get the Bears on Monday night. The Vikings get uh, three straight home games Dallas, Carolina, and uh, Jacksonville. So, how many, what will their record be in those four games?
14: Uh, I think we're going to have some issues with Carolina. Um, if if I'm if I'm Rick Spielman, I'm, I'm, um, I'm sending Rick Spielman to Teddy Bridgewater's door with some purple flowers saying I'm sorry <laughs> 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 we were wrong but um you know um wishful thinking but honestly I I think it's, it's a it's a strong possibility I think we have the talent to, to sweep out the uh division and possibly you know might be able to host a home game by god with with Kirk Cousins man so it's amazing. <laughs> it's
3: amazing how two weeks it just changes the the storyline. So, Darian, thanks for coming on, dude. Be sure to jump on again sometime no here on Vikings Ventline, part you. of the Purple Daily umbrella. And uh, yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna wind this thing down. judd has got some more work to do at the stadium. There, he's got he's got to go. He's got to go hose off some of the seats. No, he's got to go right for a
5: right, no, <laughs> no one here. Um, <laughs> here's the the one thing where I think the Vikings and Zim in particular deserve a lot. Of credit though uh, and they won't talk about this but i do think that something that things transpired in the bye week that you're probably going to go back to at some point in time and point to as being keys here because you know this team looked against the falcons they looked awful and before that they didn't look awful consistently but they lost close games and they didn't really look on the same page and i think to mike's credit defensively he basically said i'm taking control here and and almost manipulated the defense game plan wise to a point where they don't look pathetic. I wouldn't say they look great, but they don't look lost. Right. Mm -hmm. More, more importantly, more importantly, I am convinced that Mike is the guy offensively who said we're doing it my way. And I know that, that lots of people will bristle at that and say, ah, you know, but that's not the smart way. But if you think about how cousins and cook and this offense and the run game has been used since the bye week it's a changed game and they can dominate the ball and they can run the ball. And it was almost like they kept, they, they said previously, well, Kirk has to do this and that and this and that. And Mike came in and said, no, he doesn't. Dalvin's good. We're going to use him. Um, So I do think that this coaching staff and the head coach in particular probably get a lot of credit for adjustments made during that off week because it does seem like a lot of things have changed mentality wise as how far as how they approach games.
3: Yeah, and I would I would sum it up by just saying this team if you were wondering if this team had any idea of quitting so to speak on Mike Zimmer. Uh, they had a real good opportunity sitting at one and five to say, all right, we're, we're good with this guy. It's, yeah. it, it's been a good run. They are fully bought in still to whatever Mike Zimmer is selling. And, uh, and they're alive, man. Like they're alive with a seventh playoff team and they've got two division wins now. They're yeah. undefeated in their division. I mean, this thing, this thing, I do not advise this. This is against the Mackie and Judd plan of take advantage of your slow start and, uh, and an historically great uh, quarterback draft. But now that they're going down this path, you know what? As you said last week, you might as well go. If you're gonna oh, be, yeah, if go. you're gonna win these games, you better Understood. go. Just go. Yep. Exactly right. So no,
5: no more duds, basically.
3: Yep. All right, boys. Good stuff. A uh, couple, couple quick plugs here. Mackie and Judd is our other show. You can find. Uh, so we do two shows: Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily. We do both those uh, every single day. And you can find Mackie and Judd, Apple, Spotify, Scornorth.com, and the same for Purple Daily. And you can find our two YouTube channels, YouTube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast and YouTube.com slash ScoreNorth M-N. That's S-K-O-R North, M-N. And uh, Vikings Vent Line happens right after every Vikings game. We'll be here Monday night next week doing our thing. We appreciate Declan, uh, the production wizard behind the scenes, and we appreciate Corona Hard Seltzer for powering Purple Daily Crushing these defenses. Defenses. Next Love week, it. if they beat the Bears, you're crushing it on your head. That's right. Episode. I'm Monday ready. Night, Stone man. cold. <laughs> not, worth a, not worth a concussion for the Lions. I can, I can work him home Bears, on Tuesday. It's fine. <laughs> Second concussion of the season. Yes. All right. We'll see you guys later. Thanks for hanging out with us on Vikings Line Purple Daily.